Culture Anomaly. Welcome to Cultural Anomaly. It's your girls, Anna. And Emily. Coming at ya. Like it or not. From America. America. I'm I'm still in I'm still in same old, same old Colorado. And I'm coming at you from Bangkok, Thailand. Thailand. Anna is on her world tour. Something like that. Not really. But anyways. Yeah. You went from Florida to back home, India, for what, like four days? Something like that. And then to Bangkok. It was a jet lag. (laughs) Yeah. Extravaganza. Listen, we were supposed to record this podcast about 24 hours ago. Wow, wow. You're just putting my business out of the street. I'm just putting it out there. Okay, great. I just, I need them to understand the level of jet Mm -hmm. lagged that you were. (laughs) Because... She, you slept from like, what time to Stop. what time? No. Stop yourself. Listen, Stop. everybody gets jet lag. Everybody. Listen, it was a great day. I slept in, like literally. <laughs> my mom's like, how's the weather outside? I'm like, mom, I haven't left my bed. She's like, what time is it? I'm like, 5 p.m. Leave me alone. She texted me at like... Two o'clock in the morning, my time, which is three o'clock in the afternoon, her time, and was like, dude, I just woke up. (laughs) Yep. I am unashamed to admit. Is that like a, is that a record for you? Because that, that would be what, like 15 hours or something like that? No, 13. 13 hours. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. You're right. 15 hours. You're right. 15 hours, dude. 15 hours. Oh, that sounds so wonderful to sleep for 15 hours. It was the best ever. Yeah. I don't care. (laughs) It was the best ever. It was so good. The only person that interrupted me was housekeeping or something, and I didn't even answer their phone call. I know it was them because I checked with a friend that's staying at the hotel, and she was like, I didn't call you. I was like, okay, (laughs) well, whatever. Probably like, is this woman dead? Yeah, I know. The woman's like, "Uh, I'd like to clean your room, ma'am, if if you're alive in there. So it was great, though. It was super sweet. That's awesome. Anyway, yes. Oh. So but what have you been covered, getting? What have you been maybe. getting up to in in Thailand so um, far? Um, so far it's just been sleep. <laughs> I got my nails done. <laughs> got got me a little mani pedi. That's um, right. And uh, ate me some. I've eaten Taiwanese food and Japanese food. I have not gone anywhere near Thai food yet. I'm not sure why, but. <laughs> Yeah, like the night before. So there's this restaurant. I don't know if it's out in America yet, but it's called Din Tai Fung. Oof. They have the most amaze, 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 um, maze. dumplings on the planet. Ooh. And mm-hmm. it's kind of fun because they're soupy dumplings in the sense there's it's not just meat, but it's a meat with a little soup in it. And I'm probably going to completely kill the way that it's pronounced, so I'm not going to... <laughs> bother nope come on uh come on you you really want me to go there yeah no i don't want to i'm a little scared (laughs) what if what if the taiwanese come get at me and they're like listen you're not eating at our (laughs) is it one of those things that sounds like an english cuss word because i think those are hilarious that's one of those things. There's where, food? What? Tell me what they you are. You know, like, what? sometimes there's words in other languages that sound like cuss words in English. And I am i shouldn't have said that because I can't think of anything right now. 
Um, but like, well, and I think it was either um, Thailand or the Philippines where like a common girl, I want to say it was Thailand, where a common girl's name is porn. <laughs> yeah, super yep. porn. Yeah. So that's like, <laughs> that's like one of those things where I-, I consider myself a fairly culturally sensitive person, but for some reason yes. that kind of thing just cracks me up. Like I'm in middle school all over again. Like, I just think it's humorous that you happen to have a word that means one thing in this place and something entirely different in the other. And yeah, I I laugh about it way too much. But I will not make you say the Taiwanese dumpling words. (laughs) Okay, it's not. It's not. It's not that bad. It's it's Siolong Bao. I think that's how it's pronounced. And uh, please, apologies to anybody who's listening to it that knows if it's pronounced differently. I think that's what it is. I could be wrong. But, oh, my gosh, it is amaze, maze. Um, So if you're ever – the original store is out of Singapore. Mm -hmm. But, oh, my word. I mean – yeah, it is so good. I don't think we have it here, but I'm also kind of in central states. And sometimes the, like that, maybe California has it or some of the coastal cities sometimes have some of those chains way before we get them. So Yeah, yeah. It's 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 supposed to be, well, it's not supposed to be. It is Michelin star awarded. I want to say the Singapore one is Michelin star. And that, that was my very first experience. Not that I'm a Michelin star eater. Oh, not Michelin I'm star sorry. either, but you know. You're going to need to explain that to Michelin star. What is that? No, no, you don't know. No. I don't know. Did no. I not send you the, um, what was the name of that movie? I think it was called Burnt and it was uh, Bradley Cooper. Oh, yeah. Did I send you that movie as a recommendation, as a movie to watch? I, I think I you sent it did. to me, but obviously I did not, I have not taken up taking you up on that recommendation because the only michelin that i know of is the michelin man which is like the big white chubby thing that for michelin tires cute yes he's adorable but i don't think that's what you're talking about unless the michelin man goes around and tries all the different restaurants and then tells you which ones are the best ones to eat at um Like, I seriously right now have a visual in my mind of that, of the Michelin man, like, sitting down and eating some dumplings and being like, these are really good dumplings. Like, I have to tell the world. Oh, my God. Anyways. um, (laughs) So, listen. You're... The only reason I'm laughing is because I have the the best... (laughs) I have the best. Okay, look, I'm really graphic in my brain. You already know this. Or my mind. I'm, you already know this about me. So now all of a sudden I have this Michelin dude running from place to place. Yeah, <laughs> all exactly. These. It's pretty awesome. I love I'm it. Like, oh, okay, that's so, pretty good. That's pretty good yeah. over there. Oh, that wasn't really yeah. up to my expectations. Eat some of those soupy dumpling things. Yeah. Yes, you get one star. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so listen. Okay, tell me. So historically, the Michelin Guide was actually um, put together or, you know, whatever. The first copy came out pretty much to talk about uh, cars, right? Okay. And 
they talked about information like maps, tire repair, uh, you know, if you needed a car mechanic, instructions that helped you repair stuff, uh, or tire repair and replacement. Hotels, you know, if you needed, if you ran out of gas and you needed gas, where you could stop at. But this was all for, through France. France. Uh, France. Um, And then over a period of time, I think this was like several years later, they decided to start giving out stars for fine dining establishments. And initially there was only like a, you know, a single star. And then they went from that to two star and three star. And now they're still at three stars, but it's their categories uh, pretty much are if you get one star, that means you're a pretty good restaurant. If you get two, there's it just means that the cooking is excellent. Apparently, it says excellent cooking worth a detour. And then if you get a Michelin star three or three Michelin stars, then it's exceptional cuisine worth a special journey. Wow. Okay, yeah, so and that's that's cool because in order to even get on the scale, you have to be really good. Like, oh yes. Okay, there's no like, yeah. I guess in their case, like zero. Like, yes. don't go here. Yeah. And okay. Apparently, the acquisition or loss of a star can have dramatic effects on the success of a restaurant. Wow. Yeah, that and makes, so which is yeah. why. Yeah. So go watch Burnt if you haven't. Okay. I'm, totally advocating I will, I will catch for up it. on that. Yes. I was just at, oh my God. It sounds way it more sophisticated than Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know, like, people go on to Yelp. I swear there must be people that take a lot of pride and joy in going on Yelp and giving things negative reviews. Like, Listen. who takes the time to do that? Be like, oh, I went to this coffee shop and I ordered a mochaccino whatchamahoonie and it was like um, not quite as hot as I would have liked at first. But then like later I was like, no, wait, is it scalding my tongue? Like, what are these people doing? You're turning into, <laughs> you're turning into Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you're turning I'm into Jimmy take, Fallon A I'm, and B. <laughs> like, I want there to be audio files on Yelp. <laughs> That's exactly what I would do. (laughs) O-M-J. This is an acceptable service. Because you know, like, this this is my thing about Yelp, is you know that if somebody will actually take 10 minutes out of their day to go online and gripe about some random place that they went to, like, either it genuinely was really that bad or that person is a lonely sad human being (laughs) wow you just did a psych profile right there i don't know like i think maybe there's probably people that value you know like reviews a lot and want to share their insights with the world but sometimes i feel like i see yelp reviews and i'm like you do this as a hobby this is what you enjoy doing is going on and destroying people on yelp maybe i should try it sometime and get some of my aggression out I think it might be therapeutic. Just, just saying. But they need to have audio files because that is the only way the true essence of what you're trying to convey, I feel, can come out authentically. Writing ain't going to do nothing. I ordered oh an Lord. egg McMuffin. What kind and? of breakfast even is this? 
It's like, what are you expecting from McDonald's? What were you thinking when you drove up to yeah, that window? Like, what nobody expects perfection from, like, McDonald's is really good at what it does. It gives you mediocre food that has enough grease and whatever else in it that makes you crave it some more. And you come back and you come back and you come back and you cannot blame McDonald's for that. Amen. <laughs> okay. I'm so sorry. I don't know where we're going today, but this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. Oh. I'm loving this. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, uh, Emily's had a moment. I've had it. let it all out. I think it's passed now. I'm ready. All that to say, all that to say, Yelp is great. I've used it to go to a bunch of different places. <laughs> it's worked out all right. Just saying. <laughs> I Maybe I Yelp stars are going to become a thing in the future. We never know. Okay? That's right. Just That's right. Right. <laughs> First of all, why were you on Yelp looking up McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> but they really, they really will. Like, yeah, McDonald's on. McDonald's locations. Like, <laughs> people will take the, I just, I guess I've never... It would take a lot for me to have a negative enough experience at a like a chain like that in order to actually go on to Yelp and vent my frustration to the world. That's right. But I will let you guys know if and when that mm-hmm. happens. Yes, I think you should. I think it might be podcast worthy. <laughs> Just saying. <sighs> Just putting it out there. Oh my goodness. Anyway. So yes. Are you going to tell us uh, tell us what you did today? Let's see. Today I did some things. <laughs> Get to I it. I think what Get you're to referring it. to, though, is the fact that uh, we went rock climbing. <laughs> yes, the, I knew exactly where I was going gym. with it. And she's like, oh, I think we I'm did, just going to uh, pretend I like I don't things. know. What, I'm like, well, I woke up. <laughs> I ate some food. I ate an an egg McMuffin, and this is what started this rant. (laughs) The the truth is I was disappointed in the egg McMuffin. That's not true. I actually really love McDonald's hash brown things, but don't tell them. Um, So, no, we went rock climbing. That's something that we like to do. And I was telling Anna before we went that um, my husband does not get, like, noticeably frustrated very often. But um, when we go rock climbing, like in a rock climbing gym, and he's trying to get up a specific route because, you know, the routes are all graded. So you have like easy routes and harder routes. And so if there's a route that he really wants to get up and he can't get up um, or he feels, I don't know, but his rage can come out of the wall. So I was telling Anna, like, sometimes he will just yell at the wall. And it is one of the just, yeah, just pure male frustration at this mm. inanimate object of a wall, <laughs> which is so different from my reaction. When I get frustrated, I, like, start almost crying, and I'm like, I want to go home. Um, <laughs> wow. But <laughs> No tantrum there at all. He's just, like, you know, he's not very competitive with other people. That's not really his bent, but he is super-duper competitive with himself. And so 
I feel like with the the wall, like there's just it's like his own personal therapy session that he's working out there when he's screaming nice. at the wall. So I promised Anna that I would get some footage of this, but um tonight Today there was no day. there was no wall rage. There was no wall rage tonight. So disappointed. I woke I up this morning and I'm like, look, do you got videos? And she said no. And I was like, what? She seriously what a... almost stopped being my friend. Like, I, I did. I'm like, listen, I don't even think, like, what is the point of this anymore? I, know. I told you I would come through and then I completely disappointed yep. you. Total. Like, this whole weekend is over. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Oh, no, but that's, that's what we did when we, we climbed up balls it was a lot of fun it's a good like I I don't like all forms of exercise like but rock climbing is really it's I don't know it's it, I click with it pretty well so I like it I like it I like it a lot you feel like spider-man and get your arm muscles going and all that stuff and then I get incredibly sore and I'm like never mind nothing's worth it so <laughs> what an array of emotions <laughs> We've experienced a wide gamut of emotions just so far in this podcast. I'm loving it. I, I think we should bring up Yelp and McDonald's more often. <laughs> this is the best today. I was like, yes. Listen, I've always said I love it when people rant. I yes. I, I think it's there's amazing. there's heart there's not much more precious than no. when somebody starts a rant because you really get yep. to see their true self come out. Agreed, agreed, agreed. I love it. Anyway. So you just saw the true me. <laughs> oh. oh. Yes. I mean, everybody else saw the true you for the first time, so. That's true. That's, there you go, pretty... world. There you go. Yeah. You're there welcome. There you go. Oh, heard. Not yeah. saw, but heard. But anyway. Oh. So. Yes. Is it is it that time? Do you mean serious crap? Serious crap. <laughs> serious crap. This stuff is serious. I mean, we've talked about, obviously, serious crap for a while now. But I would Mm -hmm. say this is on, like, the next – this would be a two-star serious crap. Oh, wow. Now we're – (laughs) Yes. Okay. So we're – okay. Yeah. We're going to turn it into that. All right. I'm going to rate everything now based on that three-star scale. Poor little Michelin dude. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I just yep. imagine that white thing with his thumbs up, like, yeah, two stars. Listen, man, I mean, gosh, okay, like, literally, go rent burnt. Okay. Or get it in any other way that you seem fit. <laughs> <laughs> piracy. Piracy is accepted. That's right. That's what I was talking about. Um, but, oh, my God, what a movie. Anyways. Um, awesome. Um, all right, so Serious Crap. Serious what Crap. Are we, what we, are we talking about? Today, we are talking about... Immigration. What? Specifically, why do people immigrate to other countries? What are all the different circumstances and reasons that that happens? And (laughs) why, how do people where the immigrants are immigrating to, like the, the resident population, the citizen population, how do they react to that and why do they react the way that they do? So, yes. yeah, I this is this is a hard one to even know quite where to begin. It's so diverse. Yeah, because I think automatically, of course, I think about because of where because of where I live, I often Colorado normally when we have immigrants are normally coming from Mexico. Mm. But the United States as a whole has 
a very, obviously a very wide gamut, but it's also Europe and really almost every part of the world every part of the world is dealing yeah. with this question of yeah. when do you let somebody when do you let somebody into your country who do you let into your country why mm-hmm. and what are the positive potential positive and negative effects of that yeah so i am curious anna what is your perception what are your major thoughts about immigration and we can we can jump off on like since trump has made this a huge uh-huh. issue and not just trump mm. but also you know like great britain with the brexit situation and all brexit. Of, and france yeah. and all of the i mean it's yeah it's happening everywhere so what are your what's your My major thoughts. thoughts yeah tell us well okay well first of all i am a child of this whole bug uh immigration <laughs> bug because you know my parents immigrated from india to the middle east when i wasn't even thought of Oh, you weren't you weren't even a thought. I wasn't even a thought, but apparently <laughs> immigration did it, and they're like, "Yes, did you ever one hear, more?" Have you heard that expression <laughs> when you were just a twinkling in your mama's eye or your papa's eye? That's so pathetic. No, that's real. It's a really creepy. Like yes. I'm like, I don't think. Yeah, no, there was twinkle, no. Twinkle. Yeah, twinkle, twinkle. Just, anyways, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I love it. Anyways, um, no, I yeah. Anyways, so your parents immigrated from India to to the Middle East. To the Middle East. Why did they? Why did they do that? That's a good question. Cause my dad apparently had a pretty established business back yeah. in India at the time, and he his brother moved first and. He decided to follow, and then he, his younger brother, he's, he's the oldest right now, but his younger brother moved, and then he got, I mean, so in India, I don't know if, how this works in other parts of the world, but yeah. a lot of times you'll see, you know, one person in the family will hop over to another country, and then everybody else will follow. Right, So right. And so then his family, like a lot of his brothers moved. And, right. Um, well, because it makes it easier to, like, right. that's one of the main easy ways to to at least get like a green card for the states is to have family that's already there and then it makes it easier for the rest of the family to start coming over if they want to yeah the process in the united states is ridiculously long though uh but Mm -hmm. it's also because you know there's so many people that are it's it's kind of like there's so many people that do want to move there and like specifically for the united states i think the wait time is ridiculous like anywhere from 10 to 15 years and you know a lot of times you're like yeah there are a lot of people that you know just as soon as they move and they get all their paperwork in place they go ahead and register their family members and don't think about it and then 15 years later they have the move right right but um you know a lot of times especially if you're looking at people in their 20s and 30s they're not really interested in a 15 year 20 year wait time frame they're looking at you know where can i go to that's where this process is quicker yeah. And uh, yeah. And I think a lot of times why people do it is because you're able to move from where you are uh, to another country and financially get, you know, secure a lot more quicker mm. than you could uh, in your own country. Your standard of living is 
definitely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, education could or could not be better. Um, and I think those are some of maybe the prime reasons uh, why people probably do immigrate out. But from personal experience, I also think it could there could be other reasons. Mm. At least when I take a look at not not from my parents' time or whatever, but from just the last you know five or ten years when I look around, yeah. I think people drop people immigrate for some. I mean, a lot more reasons than that. Yeah. Uh, case in point, you found somebody and they live in Finland. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you're like, peace, everybody <clears throat> love you all, but gotta go. Right. So, yeah. I think there's a lot more of it happening now for those reasons. Yeah. And sadly, there's also a lot of people getting married to move, which I think right. is right completely irrational thing you could do or a decision you could make but people make it yeah make those decisions uh sometimes i mean you know uh, a couple years back i had a friend who was actually talking to me about that uh about how hey you know if you want to move here like just find somebody who will marry you and i'm like are you kidding me like right heck no and normally like, there's like a if it's truly a stranger then there's probably a financial exchange Yes. like, I want to immigrate to your country, so I will pay you right. X amount of money to marry me. And then, yeah. you know, we can either, like, just pretend to be married or get yeah. a divorce or, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 I'm like, well, nothing is worth that. I'm so sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it seems like in some cases, you know, like the prospect of Works being in a, it, in a different country, it's worth a lot to people. Yeah. You know, it's worth risking yeah. your your livelihood and a ton of money and leaving everything else behind so yeah yeah and you know like there are a lot of countries where um like if you're in a third world country yeah for instance bangladesh gets a lot of people that are just waiting to for opportunities to immigrate to other Mm -hmm. countries and all for good reason because i mean there's each country each of these countries presents a set of challenges that you know, they see their other family members having moved and it's a whole different life and they feel like they're able to pursue um, a lot more of their dreams in another country versus they're trying as hard as they can in their country and it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really, honestly, I truly believe that the hustle is real no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you think it's better, but I don't think so. I mean, there's just a different set of challenges in another country. Right. Right. That you're probably that you probably don't have in your own country. Yeah. There's probably a very different lifestyle in another country that your country is not able to provide at the moment. But yeah. I don't believe the hustle's any less. Yeah. It's it's completely different because right. now you're in a new right. country. You need to learn their language. You need to learn the culture because that's where you live. Uh, there's a whole different level of adaptability that's now in yeah. your face versus in your own country. Does that make sense? Yeah. Totally. I mean, dude, yeah. um, I'm a third culture kid and, you know, there's there's still a lot of things that I'm still trying to adapt to in mm. my own country. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so, yeah. I mean, do you it's, feel, because how many years did you spend um, in the Middle East? Away from here? Yeah. I mean, I, I was born and raised there. So I was there for like 18 years. Yeah. Like, do you feel... But the thing with me is... Yeah, go Like, ahead. do you feel Indian? Like, do you feel... You know, or do you feel a sense of of being torn between those two different cultures, or you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I I loved growing up in the Middle East, but 
I don't really care for that place anymore. I don't think I've ever cared for it. Um, I have a lot of cousins, you know, who come back to India and they're like, oh, I want to go back there. And I'm like, no, you know, I don't care for it. That place really has had no um, appeal for me in a I got to go back and live there kind of deal. Like never. Uh, No interest whatsoever, honestly. And I also don't know if it's because I've been able to experience so much more. Like I've Mm. been able to see different places and experience different cultures and I don't really understand. Yeah, or I'm not really understand. I don't think I've ever had the need or ever felt the need to go back um, and be just in that one place because I right. feel that there's so much more available or there's so much more to the world right. than that. Um, so I haven't really, um, have I felt the need to go back? No. Have I been torn culturally? Oh, completely. Cultural anomaly, hello, case in point. Um, No, really, I do feel that I'm a huge anomaly to my culture because there's a lot that um, I've had to find middle ground for, to be honest with you, because it's hard. You come back, or for me, coming back home, and I I went back to India, or I came back to India to go to college. And even that, like, I loved it. I loved, you know, uh, getting to meet all these different people people, kids that had actually gone to school in India, what that life was like, and also getting to meet kids that came to India to go to Mm -hmm. school from all over the world. So I really liked that whole multiculturalness of it in a sense, because I had kids that, you know, came to like the school that I went to, I had kids who were in, we called it the hostel, so it's a college dorm. Um, that were from Japan, South Africa, yeah. uh, Amer- America, America, yeah, the UK, Canada, mm-hmm. of course, a ton from the Middle East. Um, but it was just so cool to kind of, you know, meet all these different kids, kind of, you know, again, the whole gamut of that third cultural yeah. kid situation. Yeah. Uh, but from different cultures and this kind of, you know, see what it was like, explore different types of yeah. food or, you know, languages, music. Oh, yeah. my God, music. You know, yeah. it was just to me, it was just amazing. Yeah. But I got out of college and, you know, got out into um, like the whole work situation. And then you meet a completely different set of people. And I think, like, you know, you get through your 20s. I always feel that you get through your 20s kind of becoming, Mm -hmm. like, you become this person that's now making decisions instead of having somebody make decisions for you. So you become your own person, I feel, in your 20s a lot more. Yeah. And, like, I think for me, like, my late 20s was when I really started getting to that point of I need to create middle ground between all this third culture jazz Mm -hmm. and the Mm Indianness, and we need to meet eye to eye at least for me or agree on what are the things that we're going to disagree on uh, when it comes to what can you accept about your culture and what can you not and there's uh, I think over the last I don't know maybe five or six years I can honestly say that I've been at a much better place with accepting Mm. uh, a lot of things as they are and also saying these are some things I don't agree with and that's okay. Right. Versus I don't agree with this, but I'm going to constantly fight against it. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, It's, it's, it's interesting because nobody talks to you about it. 
nobody i mean the only thing people will tell you is oh yes this is what happens you know when you live outside of your culture <laughs> uh okay dude what ups yeah and people like for instance um being outspoken i'm very mm. in your face i don't really care about it you either no. like it or you don't and no what? not you i'm saying no yeah you're like what are you talking about we're americans <laughs> <laughs> You need to get more in my face because I don't even know yes. how you feel about anything. You have to That's scream right. it at me. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm Indian. We don't really talk about our emotions, but we do, but we don't, but whatever. Um, uh, Americans don't talk about our emotions. We just punch and shoot things and then cry. <laughs> uh, I think we're pretty universal on that front, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I mean, you know, so the whole concept of, oh, you know, you're so outspoken and um, I'm like, well, you know, the whole point is what you see is what you get. There's nothing, there's no surprises. Yeah. There could be some sometimes, but not for the most part. Um, so for me, it's just, this is just who I am and there's some people who are going to be able to deal with it and some people who are not. But right. I also think, I mean, again, this could be universal, but it's just that the levels of how people deal with it or people understand that could be very different. Um, Like somebody once told me this. So for my part of India, um, you know, uh, I come from the southwest part of India from a state called Kerala. And a lot of times, you know, I've heard people say, oh, you know, a girl should be seen Mm -hmm. and not heard or something. Oh, dear goodness. Somebody told me this one time and I'm like, well, not in my house. I mean, I don't know where you guys are hanging out, but... Well, Come to the wrong spot. I, I mean, I think that's such a, I mean, that's a very European, I, I'm pretty positive that phrase, that um, catchphrase or whatever you want to call it, that motto came from mm-hmm. Europe somewhere. Like, well, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they yeah. say this to you. Well, somebody mentioned it one time and I'm like, are you serious? Because right. I don't know what hole you crawled out of, right. but it ain't happening here. See, you know this what I mean? is, and that's what's so interesting to me is because I'm like, I think about you and like the way that you are and the way that you talk and your outgoingness and your, you know, like, I'm going to tell you how it is. Like, to me, that is Anna. And <laughs> so not Indian. Right. And that's what I'm saying is I'm like, what if you had been raised more integrated with that Indian culture? Like, do you think that you would be a different person? And so, yeah, like, is yeah. who you are in innate, like, it's you are who you are, who you are, period? Or does your culture and your surroundings, I mean, this is like the classic psychological philosophical question. Like, do you... You know, do your surroundings more build who you are or is there this innate personality or, you know, like, who am I? Why am I here? Yeah. I mean, look, your upbringing has a lot to play with that, right? I think my parents kept it as close to roots as possible. Honestly, I did not learn any of my English at home because we spoke absolutely no English at home. You know, that example, right? Right. Um, I think, again, like I said, I think it's my 20s that really influenced who, not influenced. I mean, I think I became the person that I am in right now or that you see in my 20s. And I think it's a good thing because I don't think you're letting go of what you were brought up with, but you're infusing that somehow with what you're what you were taught and what you're learning on your own to become right. the person that you are right. does that make sense yeah no it's and, a complete and that's combo when, 
Yeah, and that's and, and I think it's every person goes through that because mm-hmm. you really need to, dude. I mean, for instance, we never ate sushi at home. I love sushi. <laughs> I love me some sushi. You know, like seriously, serve me sushi, sashimi. Like, dude, bring right. it. You know what I mean? But that has nothing to do. We never ate that growing up. We ate a lot of fish growing up, but never raw fish. And every time I mentioned that to my mom, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, okay, calm down, woman. Calm down. Calm self. Calm yourself. You like know? she doesn't like it? Um, no, she just thinks, like, what is wrong with you? Why would you want to eat uncooked mm-hmm. meat? Mm-hmm. And then she's got horror stories about worms crawling out of my eyes or something. I'm like, dude, whatever. Like, you know, Oh, yeah, cool. I've heard like, of that. Yeah. But listen, you, sushi yeah, okay, tastes so, so good. Like, bring on the worms. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Because <laughs> every time I tell her, she, you know, I call her and she'll be like, ooh, what'd you eat for dinner? And I'm like, mom, you don't want to hear this. And she's like, no, 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 I want you to tell me. Because she knows it'll be something crazy. Because I'll go try something crazy once. Every time I'm out, I'm like, I got to try something crazy. I got to do this. And then I go home and tell her and she's like, don't tell me. I don't want to know this. And then she'll be like, no, t- tell me. I'm like, really? Are you sure you can handle it? Because what if worms crawl out of my eyes, you know? <laughs> and then she's like, what is wrong with you? Why do you do these things? I'm like, mom. Like, really, one life, live a little, you know, or a lot. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, so, you know, case in point, that, right, Mm -hmm. which is, yeah. oh, my God. So I just feel like you got to be open. You got to explore. You got to see what's out there. And you got to embrace life, man, life. Yeah. What do you think about the current, like, climate as far as immigration goes? Like, Europe, the United States, everywhere. Like, what is that? What is that? How do you feel about that? Because I can tell you how I feel about it. I think you should tell me how you feel about oh, that's, it. Okay. I've had you talk. My answer is really just one one line, which is stay in your own country if you can. Oh, interesting. Okay, no, you're going to have to expand on that. But I'll, I'll um, go ahead and go first. But we are going to talk about that because I was not expecting yes. that from you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're full of surprises, Anna. Full of surprises. <laughs> Total. So as an American, well, here's the thing. Mm. I, most American, I, I would say it's actually fairly recent that your average American more talks about like, I'm an American. Because before that, and uh, th- I think there was a lot of pride in the fact that we all came from immigrants. Like, for example, I have a lot of German. We've talked about this before. Yeah. And... That comes, like, my mom is 100% German, and then my dad's part German. But on my mom's side, we can actually trace that back to, I believe it was the early to mid-1800s. There was a German man and woman who wanted to get married, and one was Catholic. I believe she was Catholic, and he was Protestant. And that was not okie-dokie in Germany at the time to... um to get married when you were one was Catholic and one was Protestant. So they came over to the United States pretty much so they could get married, which is super sweet. And then, you know, generation, 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 here I am. And my dad brought a lot of other European stuff into the mix. But so I think it's interesting that the whole attitude towards immigration has shifted and really the laws around immigration shifted in like I think the 1930s or so was really when the United States started being like, mm, you know what, we need to slow your roll on this one. And actually, part of the reason, I just want to say this, like part of the reason that I'm really enjoying doing the podcasting thing is I'm looking up some of this stuff that 
I never would have looked up if we if we didn't say, hey, we're going to talk about this. Like, I looked up what it takes to get a green card. I looked up what it takes to become a U.S. citizen. Like, figured all of this stuff out. And I just think it's really valuable. And I think that we're all arguing about it. But, like, I've been arguing about it for a long time and did not know some of the details, some of the ins and outs. Like, how much does it cost? Like, what do you have to do? You know, what yeah. are the requirements? And yeah. so I just really appreciate having an excuse or a good reason to go explore it and really learn about it. So I guess I lean towards, mm-hmm. I'm a very, like, I love globalization. Have lost I love it when cultures come together and mix and learn about each other and learn from each other as a general that's just that's kind of my personality and also some of my experiences. And I was uh, just watching a TED video about this. You know me and my TED Talks. Your TED Talks. My TED Talks. Um, and there's a gentleman. Hold on. Let me go ahead and look it up so I can be all super official. His name is Alexander Betts. And he's talking about uh, the whole Brexit situation. Hmm. And so he's just talking about how... When it comes to immigration uh, issues, there tends to be kind of two main sides. And it's kind of either nationalism Mm. and globalization. And that people tend to really believe in one or the other. Right. And so, like, if you're into nationalism, you're really like, I just want to be with my people. Like, my country is the best country. Right. the reason it's the best is because it's my culture and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And we don't want any different influences, you know, affecting that. And then somebody who falls more into the globalization camp is like, I love, I think that the world is a better place when there's more mixing. And I want people to come to my country because I think that it makes our country better and yada, yada, yada. Right. So... I really see that strongly happening just with the current, you know, political situation especially. And I think that I think that both sides have a really hard time seeing the other's point. And and I also think it's really natural to be scared of other people that aren't like you. I think psychologically studies have shown that when you're really young, you at a very early age start differentiating between things and people that are like you and things and people that are not like you. So it's one of those things where you, in order to find safety, in order to find comfort, you figure out who your tribe is. You know, you figure out who your people are and you trust them and you don't necessarily trust people that aren't like you. Yeah. And it's kind of this instinct, instinctive thing that pretty much everybody goes through. Agreed. So I, because like I said, I tend to fall on the globalization side of that. But I think it's important to look at, I think what a lot of liberal people in the States forget is that when when immigrants come in, they tend to take jobs that American people need. And unfortunately, normally it's poorer Americans. And... So that's kind of what happened. It's part of what happened with the whole Trump campaign is there was this huge group of people that liberals weren't aware even existed that were very much like, no, like these people are taking my job, you know, 
Um, and because liberals do tend to demographically be wealthier, they weren't even aware that there was this large of a population of people that felt that way. That's part of the reason that the Trump win was such a huge shock to everybody was like, oh, there's this more than half of the population sized, you know, group that really see immigrants as a threat. And of course, there were way more issues going on that Trump was talking about. But I do think it's a mistake to just say, oh, those people are ignorant. Those people are racist or xenophobic or what have you. I think that it's necessary to kind of look at it and be like, no, there are some practical problems mm. going on here that I do think lead to racism yeah. and lead to an irrational fear of other cultures yeah. and immigrants and whatnot. But I also think about, I'm like, you know, the Irish people during like the mid 1800s, early 1900s, all of those Irish immigrants that came those were the the Mexican immigrants of their day. Nobody wanted the Irish people. And now Irish people are like a huge chunk of our population. Yeah. But at the time, they were mistreated and there was a lot of racist stuff going against Irish people. Wow. So it and now they're one of the most celebrated cultures that we have sure. in the United States because it's so acknowledged how much they contributed to the economy and to kind of the work ethic mm. that we have now so I just I hate fear I hate what fear does to people yeah and I just feel like there's a crap ton of it going on right now with the whole immigration issue yeah but also what do you think could be done to combat that because it's a problem I don't know if we're mm -hmm. talking about solutions to it as much as we need to um, mm -hmm. and not just in America but also in other parts of the world where racism is taking mm -hmm. over in ways that are like you mentioned extremely scary yeah. because you're attacking people yeah. for no rhyme or reason uh right well it could be no rhyme or reason to me sitting a gazillion miles away but you're right. probably attacking or you know people are being attacked because you know there's always reasons to why yeah so yeah. i don't know what what i'm curious are you seeing yeah solutions to this think, situation and if you are what what are some of the things you're seeing i think one big thing is for is to acknowledge that it's super complicated and that it is driven a lot by fear um for example i mean i've been talking so far mostly about economic issues and kind of cultural issues as far as yeah. You know, a fear of another culture infiltrating your own and changing your own culture. Yeah. Um, I think that's where you get some of those videos of people screaming at other people to learn English. I think that's where you get that kind of thing. However, now you have the added loveliness of people being scared of Muslims, mm. of particular religions, which comes obviously more from war and terrorism. So to combat it, I think it's difficult because... To me, what has given me my love of other cultures is simply exposure to different cultures and exposure to very specific people. Like, it's easy to be scared of a whole people group and it's easy to be angry at a whole people group. It's really hard to be scared and angry at a single person that you're just talking to. Yeah. But, so, just to that specific point, yeah. I think it's also yeah. based off of 
a lot of times not your personal experience but what is being made of that people group mm-hmm. in the media yeah absolutely probably has nothing to do with the people you specifically know but you're just yeah. automatically putting this fear of a people group which i think yeah. is ridiculous honestly yeah yeah i the media does have a lot to do with it and because you kind of get into oh my gosh i remember you know sometimes i think about 911 and like the immediate post 911 and i think about my own attitude about what happened and about the people responsible for it and i remember being like these people are threatening us and when the media said you know maybe this is an inherently violent culture that made sense to me because you had this act that seemed so random to us and kind of out of the blue so to speak even though similar things have been happening around the world for for forever i remember because that statement because when something happens that you don't understand or you encounter a situation that you haven't encountered before it is so comforting to create a blanket statement because then you can rationalize the entire thing you can be like oh islam is an inherently violent culture an inherently violent religion so i can be scared of all of them and yeah. be totally justified in that no so I honestly think education, like yes, is a huge is a huge deal in the type of education that we're giving absolutely um, our children, and I also I think it's part of the reason that it's disappointing yeah when your world leaders, you know, hashtag specific world leaders, <laughs> not mentioning any seem, names, not mentioning. <laughs> oh, <coughs> When they seem to, if they don't, when they don't contradict that fear. Yeah. And when they only use this rhetoric that really reinforces it. Mm. I, nothing makes me angrier than leaders that use fear. Yeah. To get people to do what they think they should do. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And talking about literally building a wall, talking about stopping people at the airport that have shown no threat, to me... And he's and just the rhetoric that he uses of like, we don't know who these people are. We don't know what they're going to do. We don't know if they're terrorists. Like, it's just these fearful statements. And I'm not saying that there's absolutely nothing to be scared of because we've seen that bad things have happened. Mm. But when you think about just the world that we live in, I don't know. I guess to me, I to me, it's worth the risk. To me, like having a more peaceful, understanding world that can talk to each other is worth some of that risk to me, honestly. And I don't think it is to everybody. But yeah, it is disappointing. It's disappointing when you feel like your political leaders are just reinforcing some of this language and rhetoric that that really separates people. Yeah, because... And I agree with that because especially with, again, a lot of this has to do with media, media influences, right? Mm -hmm. What the president says and then you're, you know, you go ahead and you go uh, and you take a look at events that happen after that. You know, people shooting at people or killing people, yelling racial Mm -hmm. slurs, attacking Mm -hmm. people in subways or, you know, telling people to get out of their country in subways or trains in different countries and i'm not specify specifically just talking about america because this has happened across the world when those people are actual citizens of that country but yeah. just because they're a different color skin 
all of a sudden yeah. you're just at, oh, get out of my country, like you blah, blah, blah. And that person's like, well, I'm American or I'm Australian or I'm British or I'm from here. And, right. you know, what are you going on about? So I, I th- really feel it's it's a blur to a lot of mm-hmm. people right now. And yes, mm-hmm. when you have been given that space of power or you've been given that position i think you have it in your you know in your capacity to make a difference and actually uh bridge that gap or make it better uh in fact by not saying anything you're making it worse so right you should probably stand up and say something because whoever it is whichever world leader it is you know stand up and and obviously the superpower that you know the Mm -hmm. higher your power the more people will hear and clearly act on yeah. what you're saying. So, you know, I would say if you're, if you're in a place of power or influence, use it. Because there could be a yeah. million other people out there that are voicing this. But clearly, when you say something as a superpower, there are people within your own system that are listening and doing something about it, whether it's negative or right. positive. So, right. yeah. Yeah, that's so true. That's really true. Yes. And, yeah, I just... It's it's really tough because and I absolutely do think there should be rules around it. I think it needs to be regulated. Yeah, I would never say just, you know, like throw the doors wide open and whatever. But yeah, and I and I understand the instinct to want to protect your own and to not even risk it. Mm. I really do. I just think that that creates such a different life that we don't need to have anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. Some of the conflicts that we look back on and we're like, you know, what if this could have gone a different direction? And the differences in language and understanding just lead to conflict. Anyway, I'm rambling. But I do want to hear a little bit about what you said before about in your own opinion. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing you, so we'll see how I do. Like, stay in your own country if you can. Like, where where does that come from? That's interesting to me. I say stay in your own country if you can, only because I'm referring to India. And, you know, I'm all for it. If people feel that they want to move to another country and experience a different life, uh, do it. You know, um, I've, you know, we've talked about this before. I've looked at what could this mean? You know, what are mm-hmm. different options exist out there? I have some family mm-hmm. in America. So what does it look, you know, what would this look like if it's something that I want to do as an option? I think I'm still open to, I love to travel and live in different parts of the world uh, just to experience what that is like with my life still. But having this interesting life that I live right now, which is I get to be in India for a part of the year and then I get to be in different countries for the rest of the year. I just sometimes, I mean, you know, even looking at the landscape in India right now, I just feel that... Uh, there's a lot of people that have lived abroad uh, or that immigrated that are coming back and they're like, you know what, we're going to, okay, fine, we moved here and we now are citizens of this country or whatever, but we're going to pack it up and go home. And they come home and they set up businesses and they're doing pretty, I mean, they're still, they're still, like, they're still American citizens or Australian citizens or British citizens or whatever. But they're still, you know, back home. They still have homes in these other countries that they've rented out or whatever. So extra source of income, number one. Number two, they've come back 
I just said number two. Excellent. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. Kidding. Um, Anyway, so they come back and they're now, you know, setting up their own businesses or whatever. India is starting to realize that a lot of times in the past when we've bought in consultants from other countries, and I'm not saying that that's going to stop. We're still going to start bringing in consultants from other countries. But there's also a lot of talent pool within our own system right now that we probably Mm -hmm. don't need as much as we did in the past. Uh, And that we can tap into our own, um, you know, wide pool. Um, So I'm just at, yeah, you know, rock on. I mean, uh, even if I take a look at uh, the progress uh, that's been made in this country from the time that, you know, I moved back here in like a gazillion years ago in the last 18 or 20 years. It's amazing. It's such a different yeah. it's such a different India today than it was before. And even yeah. the you know, when you get out there um, and meet people like the crowd mm-hmm. that you're meeting are just so much more varied. They're so diverse. Um, I love it. Like, honestly, people come back to India and, you know, it's kind of fun because they're kind of bringing the cultures that they're so used to back with them as well. And yes, uh, again, the hustle is real. I think it's a hustle no matter where you are, no matter what uh, level of financial independence or whatever it is that you're at. Um, I still think that, you know, you hustle hard for what you need uh, or want. And I just I I still feel that, you know, things that were considered uh, a luxury or things that Mm -hmm. you considered a luxury Mm -hmm. that you moved uh, to another country for. I mean, yeah. it's here in India right now, and it's probably right, right. easier, you know, I don't know. There's just, like, you know, when I when I go, when I come to America, for instance, like, everybody in India, every household has help. Okay, that's just that's just how it is. That's just how we right. do. Uh, but right. I know that in America. And you mean, like, a, like a, just to clarify, you mean, like, a cook or a housekeeper? A housekeeper who'll come. Who'll, housekeeper. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, they'll come. They'll take care of, you know, stuff in your house. And. Those are kind of services that you pay for. Uh, I mean, you pay for it in India too, but it's relatively way more inexpensive in comparison yeah. to what it's like in in America. I mean, I have friends in America who have helped too that come in a couple yeah. times a week, clean out their apartment, you know, leave. Uh, for every time I've stayed long term in America, we've had somebody come in a couple times a, a week and just clean out the apartment, whatever that we were living in, and go. So it's. It's not that it's not available, but it is available to a certain level, right? Or level right, of society. Right. Or if you choose yeah. to want to have somebody to come in and take care of that kind of stuff for you. Service you pay right. for depending on your need. Versus in India, it's just whatever. Common. I mean, yeah, common. Yeah. Like we've even, you know, we'd even talk about, we've had forums that have talked about the facts that our health, they have their own health. You know what I mean? Right. And there's different levels right. of that as well. Interesting. So it's just, you know, it's just differences like that that in India you just take it for granted you know yeah I can wake up and I can go about my own day and I don't need to take care or think about uh, food and laundry and Mm -hmm. keeping my house none of that because a lot of that is I'm paying for it somebody's taking care of it moving on versus uh, when I look back at the time that I spend in America, it's different because I don't need help to wash dishes because there's a dishwasher that will take care of it for me. And there's, you know, washer dryer, which we have in India too. But the, I I just think it's, it's just such a different experience in 
yeah. in America than it is here. And the, you know, a townhouse in America that is probably, okay, this is a norm, whatever, moving on, is probably considered luxury when you're looking at it from this right. side of the world because you're like, oh my God, right. you know, completely right. different, you know, level, right? So I think there's, to me, I really feel that India is the better end of the deal, honestly, because I can get all of the stuff that I just talked about that I could possibly get in America here, and it's not a big deal anymore. I could totally right. get that here. But yes, I mean, you know, and, and honestly, like, I just feel that when I take a look at both lifestyles, the one that I have at home probably allows me more space to do more stuff because right. I have other people that's taking care of some of the stuff that I would have to probably take care of my own over here or, or, or over in the other in the other country. So there's a lot more help available for me, which allows me to do more, which, which opens up a lot of time for me to do other stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think that's the, beautiful part of what globalization could look like because like you were talking about you are you have people now returning and like you said you can take you can take the parts of each other's cultures that are useful and that you really want and or need and now we have the ability to bring that back home wherever wherever home is and because you know, as much as I'm over here like, oh, mix the cultures, mix the cultures because it's fun and beautiful. I think there's also definitely like each individual culture is unique and beautiful and should be celebrated for exactly what it is. And so Amen. I think that's a wonderful. Yeah. Like, I just think that's a wonderful picture of what the ideal version of globalization could look like. Yeah. And which is helping each other yeah you know essentially Agreed. and not even intentionally it's not even intentional it's just kind of the way that what happens when you start to come together but also value your own country and culture and be and i and be accepting of other people and cultures you know yeah. what i mean like as much as i'm yeah. talking about oh you know if you want to create this level of luxury oh do you really right. need luxury to exist that's my question right you know i don't really think you yeah. need that yeah but Anyway, I mean, each to their own. Everybody has their right. own right to make their own decisions and decide what kind of life they want to live and all of that, yeah. yada, yada. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I feel that yeah. I'm headed more and more and more towards minimalism mm -hmm. as I, <laughs> I was going to say as I age, but as I get older, <laughs> <laughs> aging gracefully, uh, who knows, maybe, uh, <laughs> I really As feel I that. You know what I mean? Ascend like, the rungs of age yes, higher I mean, and higher. Yes. Can we just look at, I think my bigger message is, can we just look to being more open? Can we yeah. look to actually showing people love? Because I think yeah. that is kind of the main element that's missing. Yeah. We're moving towards fear. Yeah, We're love. moving towards cray cray ass. We're moving towards yes. anger for Violence. something yes. that happened to somebody else over some. Like, dude, yes. can your triggers be your own situation versus something that happened right. to somebody else towards some, you know, whatever? No, right. can can it just be your own situation? And in your heart, make space for love. Like, make space yeah. to love people and to be open. Everybody has a journey. Everybody's coming from something that yeah. you don't know about don't just jump into yeah, yeah we're gonna write off this whole people group because yeah well you know? and like i said i think it's easier to do that yes. i think it's easier to categorize and write people off and right. 
say yes and no and black and white and right and wrong mm-hmm. and and we've all I been do, there right well all and i do us. believe in a higher moral standard moral truth i think there's obviously things that no matter how much your culture you know likes it it's still wrong you know but there's a lot of there's a lot of gray areas and yes. and you you do i feel like you have to at least make room enough to look at them because yes. i feel like there's a tendency to not even want to look because you're honestly scared that you're going to see something that you can understand. Right. And it's much easier to say, nope, don't like it. Wrong. Yeah. Leave me alone. Don't touch me. And I also, you know, I think that something interesting is, you know, I, I grew up kind of with this idea of, I would call it propaganda of America's the greatest country in the world. And, Make America great again. Oh, there you go. Like G R A T E with a cheese. Mm, great. Block. Oh, that's funny. Background. I like it. I like it. And I that was based off of the rationale behind that was like, oh, we're this great democracy, you know, like freedom. Kind of like we invented freedom. Like honestly, that's kind of that's kind of what was in my, you know, was in my mind and I think there's still a lot of that kind of propaganda going around and it's like at some point, you have to say, what makes a country great? Yeah. And what and how much in our own identity as a culture and as a country do we need other countries to admire us and want to, you know. Yeah. Because because I know that that's part of it. I know that that's part of why people are threatened by other cultures. Is right. They're like, no, we like our American culture, and that's what makes us a great country. And if you come in and bring in your, I don't know, like your non-Americanness, right? I'm like, but everybody loves burritos. <laughs> Wait, bur- listen. Also, the bigger question is, and this was, I mean, I was in a meeting one time in America, and America. somebody brought this up. They're like, yeah, but what is really American? Because yeah. right. unless you're hanging That's out with a thing. native. That's the thing. So it's a it's a complete. It's a very yeah. It's all of it, and to me, yeah. that's. That's what, but as I think that's what always made me actually proud to be an American. Right. Was that it was this mixture and that there wasn't Melting any pots. single one thing. I mean, you can point at Walmart and McDonald's and Burrito Land. Um, I'm still trying to there get was in, that, yeah. I'm still trying to get over there it. Was, Everybody loves a burrito. Burrito? Well, but that's not, pe- people aren't scared of your burritos. They're scared of your Spanish language and they're scared of your culture and el pollo loco yeah like these weird well what they're really scared of is drugs drug culture gangs and all these things that they imagine all mexicans are which is not and which is not stereotypes people we really got to work on it super frustrating i saw that snl skit have you seen the snl skit where they're talking about um the factory workers in China that make the iPhones. iPhones. They were, yeah, they were talking about American exports, and he's like, "Oh, what's an American product? Uh, does diabetes count as a product?" <laughs> like, <laughs> that was one of my favorite, favorite I SNL skits of SNL, all time. Seriously, does diabetes count as a product? <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Anyway. Anyway, super complicated, but. Yeah, like pull it together. Make space and for stop. love, people. Make space yeah, for love. And like, 
you know, somebody yeah. once told me this, we're all human, you cut yeah. us, we all bleed. And, yeah. you know, it's not like your blood's going to be, you know, purple if you're one color and orange if you're another right. color where, right. you know, you cut us, we all bleed. And I think somewhere along the way, again, it's about that, which is, um, you know, there's a lot of things you're bringing, you're ingrained with a lot of, with a lot of information, the media doesn't help. There's all kinds of drama, but it's other human beings. Yes, you know, yeah. unfortunately, we live in a yeah. world where there's a lot of crap. And yes, there's people that are probably evil and yep. in alarming ways than, you know, we're exposed to on a day-to-day basis. But if you take a moment and allow yourself some time to watch Criminal Minds on rerun uh, or <laughs> not rerun on... Uh, what do you call it? Why Repeats am I losing my or, words this morning? Yeah. Yes, a repeat. Yeah. Rerun. Uh-huh. Uh, if you watch Criminal Minds or shows like that on repeat, you are going to know that um, there is a lot of uh, crap out there. There could be a lot yeah. of crap down the street where you're, yeah. you know, from where you stay. It's just how right. aware are you of this? Or how aware are you of what is out there? And, um, you know, what do you want to take away from that? Do you want yeah. to live in you, fear? Yeah, or exactly. Do, you know, do you want to live in fear or do you want to create space for Openness making a change? Love. Yes. Yes. Thank yes. you. Because if we all live in fear, which is super easy to do. Yeah. Easiest. Super fun. Yeah. The way easiest. Yeah. Then we kill each other. We really do. I mean, that's 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 it. Yeah. If we succumb to that, then we might as well throw the towel in right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, conquer fear with love. That's what I got to say. And it's not easy because there's a lot that sometimes I feel it, you know, really helps to acknowledge it to begin with. Right. Realization is the first step. I think it's important to acknowledge it because that helps you as a human being make sane decisions on where you would want this to go. You know, get your information together first and make a decision that's hopefully neutral and you know find find middle ground you're never going to agree yeah you're never going to agree or disagree like you know it's okay to disagree uh, that what might be uh, a situation you know is not something that you see eye to eye with and it's okay to say all right fine I I don't think that's for me and it's okay to say that you know what I mean right yep but love choose love I'm I'm not trying to sound like, you know, I'm not trying to bring back the 70s, but I'm just saying choose love. Choose love. In your action towards people. I think it's important. No matter what skin tone they are or where they're from, uh, it doesn't matter. Even in your own country, even within your own communities, uh, choose love. Yeah. Agreed. Yes. Yes. Speaking of love. Love... Yeah, we have I, to I think you may have something about a princess that you got to tell us. Yes, I do. Speaking of love, crossing, jumping, leaping over boundaries and mm-hmm. defying I'm a sucker the for odds. any of these stories, so bring it. I know. So this is about a Japanese princess named yes! Princess. All I'm things sure Japan. I'm going to say this wrong. I'm so bring sorry, it. princess, because I'm going to say your name wrong. Princess Mako? Mako? That's fine. M-A-K-O. Proper noun. She is 25 years old, and she is the oldest granddaughter of the emperor of Japan. Mm. And 
she fell in love with her college sweetheart, who is yes. a commoner. His name is, okay, Ke- Ke- Kamuro. I'm so sorry. Okay. Anyway, they met in college. They fell in love. The problem is that she, as royalty, cannot marry a commoner. And so she is going to relinquish, surrender her royal title in order to marry this man. It's also very interesting how that law applies only for the women in uh, royalty in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the only part about that article that I was very like, are true. you serious right now? Anyway. That is so true. Yeah. No, yeah. if you're a guy, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But got to keep the, the girl line going. I don't know. But anyway, that's a little bit of happy news for you. You should. Yes. Uh, we'll have the um, link to this in the show notes. They are adorable. Like, they're the yeah. cutest stinking thing I've ever seen. And she's yes. a real-life princess. She and is a love, princess. Love conquers all. Yes, love really does conquer all. Mm-hmm. She's choosing love. You need love. to get on it. Choose yep. love, that's right. Always. <laughs> Always. Oh. I'm 100% All right, girl, do you, do, you have a, do you have a special um, quote for us? When, when, when have I ever not had a special quote? <laughs> I mean, you never disappoint. I never disappoint. Never. Ever. Not um, just in the quote area, but in life in general. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Full of surprises and quotes today. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Today's quote is, if you are more fortunate than others, build a longer table, not a taller fence. Ooh, boom. Snap. Mm-hmm. That was a big truth bomb drop right there, Anna. I'm just saying. Ka-chow. Ka-chow. You could even say, don't build a taller wall. Yes. With taxpayer money, by the way. Just, by the way. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. P.S. Yeah. P.S. Anyway. All right. That's another podcast. Another story. Mm-hmm. Yep, just saying. Money does All not together. grow on trees as much as that would be lovely for everybody. Mm-hmm. The hustle is real. 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 All right. Anywho. Well, Anna, it has been wonderful. That was a lot of serious crap. That was a lot of serious crap. I hope that made sense. I know. Guys, we hope that made sense. We're on opposite sides of the world. We're like tired in two different, completely different ways. <laughs> But, um, but, and the hustle is real. So this is the hustle is real. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you would like to let us know what you think of us, (laughs) positive or negative, whatever you like, go on to Yelp. Nope. That's not true. Although that would be hilarious. Um, we would love for you. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> You'll see my reviews pasted all over there. In video. I mean, in audio. Egg McMuffin. Um, oh, yeah. No, please go on to iTunes or your podcast app and review us, rate us, let us know what you're thinking, ask us questions. You can also email us at culturalanomaly17 at gmail.com. And we're on the Facebook and we're on Twitter. 
So come follow us there. And of course, like and subscribe this episode. Subscribe to our podcast Mm -hmm. because it's hard to believe, but we can keep talking. (laughs) No matter how tired we are, we can keep going. It's always a possibility. Mm, possibilities are endless. May not make any sense. Uh, you know, like like today's podcast, for instance. <laughs> but we will persevere because the hustle is hard. The hustle is real. Oh, real. I, I See, I don't even know what I'm saying no more. <laughs> Maybe I need like another day where I sleep for 15 hours. I think you should. I think another 15 hours is in order for you yes, and would I not be so, wasted. Today I'm like, my word. Words, my words. I am, I am losing out. I'm, I, I don't know what's going on. But you Let's are watch honest. Criminal Minds on rerun. I'm like, there what? you go. Yeah, there you go. Then you'll be have honest. nightmares. Bring honesty. Come on. What you got? You said, can I be honest? Oh no, I said, but you're honest. Oh, yes. What you, you see is what you get. Stumble over your words, but yeah, no, that is. What so you true. hear is what you we get. Are so glad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways. It was fun speaking to you guys guys today. And we'll be back next week. Till then, adios. Be kind to people. And love. Yes. Show love. Love. Love on everyone. Peace. Ciao, ciao.